15 minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's our headline segment here on Metro FM Talk tonight. Uh, yeah, we check in with the economic freedom fighters who have recomposed their Eastern Cape top five leadership team or the Eastern Cape Provincial Command team uh, structure to ensure representation by women. Now, yesterday, the party resolved to dissolve uh, the previous leadership and reconstitute a new one. And uh, Deputy President of the EFF suggesting that this um, uh, was not only an indication of the EFF's commitment to gender parity, but also that it continues to be a movement guided by democratic centralism. To tell us a bit more about this, um, and uh, I guess uh, the um, circumstances around which it happened, joined by Leanne Mateis, national spokesperson of the Economic Freedom Fighters. Leanne, good evening. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Leanne, maybe just give us some of the background and the circumstances that gave rise to this resolution by the War Council. Because I think many of our listeners would recall um, not this week, I think the previous week, uh, mm-hmm. not this weekend that we just came from, but the previous weekend, there was mm-hmm. the, um, I guess, the provincial conference uh, of the EFF in the Eastern Cape. And uh, there were some concerns that the leadership had about uh, the provincial command team that subsequently emerged from that conference. Maybe start us off there. Uh, well, uh, as you know, that we've been uh, concluding our provincial Com- uh, not provincial command, but our provincial people's assembly uh, over the past two months or so. Uh, the leadership that emerged and what was of particular concern were that we had a top five, which was all men. Um, that's not in line with the founding manifesto of the Economic Freedom Fighters, mm-hmm. uh, which is raised in our founding manifesto uh, point under section 105 and 106. Uh, subsequently, the deployees who are CCT members, including our deputy president, they reported to War Council last Wednesday what the outcomes of the of the assembly was. Uh, War Council had a discussion around that, and we decided that this is the time we definitely needed to make uh, intervention and practical intervention because we've been talking about the issue of women in key positions and occupying spaces of top leadership. So what mm-hmm. we started noticing that there was, firstly, that there was a regression from when we started uh, as the EFF and women's placements in uh, key positions or women being elected into key positions. And this is not an EFF problem. It's an mm-hmm. international problem. We do understand uh, the oppression of women. Yeah. And uh, as the EFF, um, we are very specific that uh, under Section 106 in our founding manifesto that there must be uh, interventions, mm. whether it's legislation, in realizing our commitment sure. uh, to uh, women being Le- uh, liberated in that regard. In your view, I mean, if, if indeed, and I would think that your war council is suggesting that the electoral processes followed at that People's Assembly were credible, uh, so if we assume that for a second, why or... or and you say, look, this is not part of the founding you know, outlook of the EFF. Why or what do you think might have given rise to an outcome where a uh, command council at a provincial level is elected that only has men? I mean, what does that say, I guess, um, certainly to you as a leadership about the kind of um, cadre that would have been voting at that particular convening? Well, it says a lot. And I mean, it speaks to the broader society just in general. So, number one, as uh, the leadership who prepared the guidelines for both our regional and provincial people's assembly, um, 
we went only as far as uh, insisting that there must be a minimum of 50% of women who comprises those provincial, regional, and branch, and also the central command team. Uh, we did not specify necessarily that it must apply to the officials. So as I said, we have been seeing a digression. And I mean, this speaks to the to patriarchal systems of what happens. So you find that generally you find that men lead in lobbying, men lead in wanting to hold key positions in that space. And it's not just, and as I said earlier, this is not mm. uniquely a EFF problem. It's not uniquely uh, in politics as well. But as as an organization in the forefront of wanting to realize the liberation of women, it was something that, no, we can't say that this is what we want to see in society. And then here in our own organization, we are not making sure that that happens. Mm-hmm. So when you join the EFF, you join it based on our founding manifesto. And it means that you subscribe to the principles in the founding manifesto. And it's very clear that that is what our realization is. So the members go, they vote, obviously they lobby. It's the nature of how these assemblies go. And uh, this is the result. In this instance, what what had occurred is that there were two groups mm. uh, that was there. So you fu- you found that one group uh, had women and the other didn't. So it actually went to a ballot. So that's also important to know. So when you say and groups, I'm not sure I understand you, Leanne. So when you say there were well, two groups. <laughs> so you, you know, there's like slates that you Oh, have, there were like slates. Oh, slate. okay. Yeah, I hate using the word slates. All right, all right. So, let's, yeah. Leanne, let's do this. Let's <laughs> yeah. do, I've got an ad break nearing on us. So I want you to just hold the line there for me for a second. We'll continue after the ad break. And maybe you can tell us a bit more about these groups or slates or cohorts or whatever we might want to call it. Uh, But also, I guess, what what consequences might arise from this. And uh, we'll continue with that discussion after this. Eight minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's our headline segment here on Metro FM Talk. And uh, tonight we uh, speak about the recomposed Eastern Cape Provincial Command team of the Economic Freedom Fighters. Now, this after the party decided to include two women among the three men who were elected to the top five of that PCT over the last uh, week or so. And I'm joined on the line uh, to uh, discuss this by a national spokesperson of the EFF, Leanne Mateis. Leanne, just before we went to the break, I guess you were still explaining to us how there were two groups um, and I guess we, we've come to the realization these two groups are slates or, or, or cohorts or, you know, whatever we might want to call them. Uh, talk to me about, I guess, um, so, so in a sense, the entire slate, the one, entire one slate emerged and that was a slate with only men or are you suggesting that there, there were other permutations as well? No, and neither of the slates only had men, but when it went to ballot, what resulted from the ballot uh, was the composition of an all-men top I five. Um, so I think it's also important to note that we didn't go as the War Council and went to impose women. These two women that will now occupy the position of Deputy Chair and Deputy Secretary, they were already nominated Mm. Uh, into those positions, they met threshold and uh, they went to ballot. Yeah. Uh, and during the ballot process and the voting process, um, we had the uh, women that ended up emerging. So, number one, we also did self-reflection as uh, the War Council. Um, and War Council generally because we sit more often than the Central Command team. Mm. Um, and uh, it was like, no, this, we can't allow that. We can't allow that to, get, to go 
we are going to regress if we don't make interventions uh, immediately. So the intervention is, is that there were women already there, so it's not like we went to look and say, okay, these are the ones uh, that need to come in. And when the deputy president went to uh, relay the, the decision of the War Council, uh, the men who were voted into those positions of uh, deputy chair and deputy secretary, they welcomed uh, the intervention mm. and they threw their weight um, around the women sure. who will now occupy those positions. So we also do appreciate that process. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the long-term consequences of that, I don't see it in a negative way. I think this shows the the radicalness and the progressiveness of the economic, uh, economic freedom fighters uh, in us making sure that but we Leanne. do... I mean, yes, what sir. would you say to somebody who says this is a subversion from the top of a democratic outcome? Because I come back to the point I made yeah. earlier on. We can, and I think both of you can safely assume that you would agree also as a war council that there was a credible outcome um, or credible process that gave rise to the election in the first instance. Um, so I'm not sure what, what you, you'd say to that, that um, to somebody who might say, well, you've subverted here a democratic process which had a particular outcome uh, from the top. Okay. So number one, we have what we call democratic centralism. So that speaks to the decisions made by the highest structures are binding on the lower structures. But in regard to that, there's no assembly that is going to alter the founding manifesto. So, for example, we are committed to expropriation of land without mm. compensation. So in our assemblies, we also have commissions, right? And then those commissions, they come up with resolutions and they're also adopted by the assembly outside just the voting process. And I think a lot of people also don't know that. So there's no commission that will come back and there's no assembly that will come back and say, no, here in the Eastern Cape or here in the city of Joburg region, uh, we are not going to mm. or we don't want to do expropriation of land without compensation. Sure. You didn't subscribe to that. And if people are not comfortable with these interventions, uh, you joined the economic freedom fighters, really, and but Leanne, you know, no one forced you to be part of that process. Leanne, but that example, I guess, would, um, and you make a good point, would be a very different sort of ideological space because in this case, I mean, even democratic centralism is about bringing together some form of discipline and, of course, dem- democratic forms of free, open discussion, free election inside the organization and so on. Um, are you suggesting that the discipline of the EFF is one that flows from top to bottom? So the decisions of an upper structure bind uh, the lower structure, even in instances where the upper structure itself might not have been a contester to the, a particular election? Yeah, and you, when you sign up as a membership or sign up as a member of the EFF, you're also signing up to that because we're also very clear on uh, the processes of democratic uh, centralism as well. But we mustn't run away uh, from the point, Ayubonga, that um, a decision, there's no decision that any structure is going to take, no matter how fair the process is, Mm. that is contrary to the principles of the organization that you are joined. It's simple like that. Like there's no, and in regards to the issue of women, it's the same as the issue of Mm. expropriation of land without compensation. This is one of our uh, supplementary pillars. So most people are more familiar with the seven uh, founding or our seven pillars, but we have uh, complementary pillars and this is one of them. So you've subscribed to that and there needs to be intervention that if there's an outcome at any of our processes, uh, that we make sure that, uh, you know, next minute we will be having the same thing. 
uh, an assembly will come out and say, no, we're not going to do expropriation of land without compensation. Mm. But I mean, if, if such an eventuality would arise, as did occur, I guess, in the East London uh, People's Assembly, as you say, I mean, what then is wrong with the composition of the membership or, I guess, as you would say, their political understanding of the founding principles and outlook of the organization that would give rise to an outcome that necessitates that you as upper structure intervene in a way that might be deemed as subverting the democratic will of delegates of that assembly? I, but the, let's speak about it in this way, right? It's not... Um, I'm losing my train of thought here. The, the processes, we're not diverting... It. Number one, it's people who are already elected into these positions, right? So we are just saying that this out ended up... But, but it's um, clear, Leanne, the majority of them happening. voted for men. Yes, <laughs> and this is a societal problem, and it's yeah. an international problem. So we also committed to the education and politicizing of the roles of women. So it's not... When you say, what is it saying about your members? It's what's saying about society. It's a problem. You have that problem there at Metro FM, I'm sure, as well, mm. where women are sidelined because of a system and... Uh, of patriarchy that uh, runs rain and has been running rain. I mean, look, we're making strides in that regard, and every every intervention will get closer to the goal of uh, women's liberation. Mm. Maybe a last one from my end. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the point is well made, but at the level of the War Council itself, I mean, is it safe to assume that, I guess, on the cardinal pillars, all of you agree and interpret them the same way? Uh, and the reason why I ask that is, in instances where there might be differences in perspective on any particular matter, I mean, it might not be as, you know, uh, uh, divergent from your founding values as the, the issue we're talking about or even uh, uh, the expropriation example that you make. How would that be dealt with? So you have to give me an example on what would be an interpretation. So, so say, a, say a vote at a national example. assembly, a national people's assembly, gets to mm-hmm. an outcome where the top leadership in the central command team has no woman in it. I mean, how, how would that be dealt with? That won't happen. And it will be dealt with exactly the same way as we have over here. So, so the War Council would, what be, as previously constituted, would make the call to say, let's do a rerun or let's, you know, um, get yeah, certain people. Yeah, and that call. So what happens is that you have a, you have a elections um when we do the National People's Assembly, I can guarantee you that with a top six of all male, it will never happen. And we will apply exactly the same principle um, as we did uh, in, the, in the Eastern Cape situation. Yeah. Leanne, you've clearly drawn a line in the sand on this question, and I think... Yes, yeah, and we so must we were, be mm. proud, and South Africans must be proud of our intervention. I mean, this is a huge uh, step and, mm. and great progress for women uh, in South Africa, and also an example to other institutions and other sectors uh, in our society that th- the moment has come where we need to stop talking about uh, women being in key positions, mm-hmm. not just numbers, because I think, yeah, I don't think, but we have gotten to a point where, okay, we meet in the quota, mm-hmm. but we're not also placing women in key positions. Sure. So you can't have a societal problem, uh, Yabonga, um, and we talk about it all the time, that women are not being emancipated and, and uh, to the speed that they deserve to. I mean, we're the majority here in this country, and we just keep talking about it. And there are institutions 
uh, that can intervene. We have a constitution in the country. Uh, companies have the right and they have the power to intervene. So talking about mm. something is not always going to fix it. They must come to a point like, we've spoken about this, we are conscientizing, let's just go ahead and do it. And the mm. truth is, is that we don't have a problem because in our guidelines, we've never had that. We say that the composition of your team, whether it's branch, uh, regional, provincial, and national, must be 50% women. Mm. But they meet that target all the time. There's never, ever an issue. So when they go around, you know, presenting, uh, this is the group or this is the slate uh, that we want to present to the assembly and who we want to vote for, they meet that. But because we were not specific that the officials must be the same thing, patriarchy sneaks his ugly nose in there and it must be dealt with. So you will see, and I think this intervention is definitely uh, going to set the pace for us going forward and we are not going to see that same thing emerge here in EFF. Mm -hmm. And South Africans then expect us to have that same approach when we are uh, in government. So Leanne, maybe, I mean, it's it's, it's quite interesting, just as you were talking, something comes to mind. I mean, clearly the suggestion is that, you know, whatever leadership core you decide on has to, in its composition and in other elements, correspond with the founding principles. So that's like a, you know, I guess a prerequisite for whatever outcome. And then on top of that, you can have some democracy. I mean, is that the suggestion? Well, when you say some de- democracy, uh, the demo- if the founding manifesto is our Bible, right? And it's something that cannot be changed. It can't be altered. So everything that we do is based on that. And the democratic centralism is also one of the principles of the EFF. So don't become a member of the Economic Freedom Fighters if you do not expect the leadership who you have voted into to be able to make interventions, to be able to realize the principles that you have subscribed to and the reason why you joined the Economic Freedom Fighters. That is outlined in the founding manifesto. So, so in a sense, uh, Leanne, it's, it's, it's a suggestion that says because we've got the challenge of patriarchy in our society, which I think you're 100% correct on, um, and how that finds expression might happen in ways that are contrary to the founding principles of the EFF. And in instances where that happens, an upper structure has the right to intervene um, and I guess, um, you know, create or lay the conditions or impose a particular outcome. Yeah, exactly. And And we must be applauded for doing that. Leanne? Patriarchy is a very ugly, violent um, system in our society and it must be eradicated. Must indeed. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having us. Leanne Mateis speaks on behalf of the Economic Freedom Fighters speaking to us tonight for our headline segment.